2: This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, he's a powerhouse litigator who eats big corporations for lunch. Super lawyer Tom Girardi is worth $100
0: million, but says he's a champion of the little guy. Tom was... One of the most respected trial lawyers in U.S. legal history. He wins billions in settlements for clients around the globe.
3: As a lawyer, sometimes you feel pretty good.
2: Girardi makes his fortune in the courtroom, but his reputation is all Hollywood. He said, I was in that, I'm the Aaron Brockfitch lawyer, and that stock." And whether he's taking on Big Pharma or Major League Baseball, he's a legal legend. They did the wrong thing.
3: You've got to make it right.
2: Girardi's got the mansion, the cars, the swagger, and the glamorous real housewife of Beverly Hills.
1: He said stuff like, forget about it, baby. That's showmanship.
2: But clients claim that this showman is really a swindler who allegedly siphons tens of millions in settlements to fund a gilded lifestyle.
4: It's about a lot of people who have been victimized once, twice, three times.
2: And his victims trust American greed to tell their stories.
5: They're ruining lives. They're ruining thousands of lives.
2: Until this accused con man counselor's world starts to crumble.
6: That's what's been happening the whole time. The old man went through all the money.
2: And Girardi's days of making
7: headlines are far from over. Is it greed? Yes. Is it pride? Absolutely. Is it ego? Is it prestige? It's all of the above. But it's not a mistake.
2: Tom Girardi's illustrious career as a personal injury attorney has made him an all-American success story. The flashy Uber lawyer is a multimillionaire with a lifestyle most can only dream of. It's on display every week, along with his beautiful, much younger wife, Erica Jane, who shares the intimate details of their marriage on the hit reality series, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But on November 3rd, 2020, the press catches wind of a bombshell. Erica's filing for divorce.
7: This was wife number three. He'd already had an armload of mistresses. You know, you keep watching to see
2: what will happen. Her soon-to-be ex-husband isn't nearly as famous as Erica, but Girardi is a flamboyant character in
6: his own right, at least in the courtroom. In the legal world, this is the case about Tom Girardi. In the reality world, it's about Erica Jane's husband.
2: Erica says she wants a divorce because, she contends, Tom cheats and treats her poorly. But could there be another reason for the split? Tom Girardi's financial life is crumbling to pieces, as the public will soon find out. 17 counts of federal criminal indictments and a torrent of civil lawsuits
6: will later claim Tom stole client funds and Erica knew it. We sued under a federal statute, RICO, which is the statute that you use to go after the mob.
2: A collapsing marriage and an avalanche of legal woes are just the beginning of Tom's troubles. Teetering on bankruptcy, Girardi risks losing what, according to Erica, might matter most to him, his sole identity as a great lawyer. In 1964, seven years before his third wife, Erica, is even born, Girardi graduates from Loyola Marymount Law School in LA. He establishes a personal injury
4: law practice and scores early victories, including a big claim. Just a few years at law school, Tom made a name for himself by being the first lawyer in California to win a medical malpractice judgment of more than $1 million. And he was always an expert at marketing himself. So he would turn every single victory into three more,
2: including a victory that will make him famous the so called Aaron Brockovich
4: case. The Aaron Brockovich case put him on the map nationally.
2: Before the world knows her as a character that wins Julia Roberts an Oscar for Best Actress, Aaron Brockovich is a real world legal clerk. She works with her boss, attorney Ed Mastery, to lead a class-action lawsuit against Pacific Gas and Electric for releasing cancer-causing chemicals into groundwater. It's called a toxic mass tort case. When Mastry runs out of money, he turns to Tom Girardi for help. With Girardi on Mastery's team, in 1996, PG&E settles for $333 million. The attorneys pocket $133 million in contingency fees alone. Aaron Brockovich
6: was a defining case for a lot of us, and the movie compelled a lot of us to go to law school and fight for the underdog.
2: Girardi name drops his A-list connections to the movie for decades. In promotional interviews, he sounds like
3: he has a starring role. Shooting that movie, I was on the set every day. I got to know Julia Roberts. And to this day, uh, we we still have the chance to say hello now and then.
2: Except in the film, Tom's not important enough to score an on-screen nod. Writers invent a composite they call Kurt Potter. Aaron, I was just talking about you. This is our new partner, Kurt Potter. He'll be handling Hinkley now.
3: Oh, I see what you mean about a secret weapon. Aaron, it's great to meet you. You've done a fabulous job.
6: He immediately latched onto it and said, that's me. So even though they never said Tom Girardi, he said, I was in that, I'm the Aaron Brockfitch lawyer, and that stuck. And he realized that that fame got him an incredible amount of power. Powerful
2: lawyer, even better businessman. In glossy advertising, he's Girardi Keese's best hype man and in PR interviews, seizes every opportunity to pitch his firm's signature calling card.
3: And we're interested in doing one thing, and that's helping the little guy. Giving the guy a voice who's been harmed, who otherwise wouldn't have a voice.
2: Girardi thrives on high-profile cases that earn him headlines. He even takes on the L.A. Dodgers in 2014.
1: Police in Los Angeles arrested a suspect today in the brutal beating of a San Francisco Giants fan outside L.A.'s Dodger Stadium.
8: Beaten so badly that he remains in a
2: coma in a San Francisco hospital. Girardi sues the victim's attackers and the Dodgers, blaming negligent security for his client's trauma. Investigative reporter Brandon Lowry covers the trial
4: and gets a front-row seat to the Girardi show. When I first met Tom, he was in the middle of the Brian Stowe case.
3: He was representing the fan against the Dodgers. And he does it all with dramatic panache. The Dodgers should be paying the medical expense for this man and his family right now. They say, hey, man, we made a mistake. We're so sorry. And instead, you come in here and you deny what the law is. You deny you have any ability to keep the place safe. Do people get hurt? Too bad.
2: In and outside the courtroom,
4: Lowry is impressed. He remembered my name the first time I told it to him. The next day, he he came up to me, Brandon, great story. He was just a really nice guy.
2: Girardi's closing argument is a folksy
8: masterclass in persuasion. You know what? You're going to do the right thing. I know you will. Tom Girardi's clients needed a win. He was the man who was going to Solve their problems. He was their hero.
2: The jury awards Girardi's clients nearly
4: $18 million. I didn't know who he was. I, I mentioned this to one of my colleagues, and he was like, Oh, yeah, he's kind of a big deal. You know, he was one of the Aaron Brockovich lawyers, and his wife's on Real Housewives. And I was like, Wow, this guy remembered me. I can only imagine how clients would have felt being treated like they really mattered to him.
2: Six years later, and only days before Erica Jane files for divorce, Tom will give his last known on-camera interview to personal injury attorney, Daniel Ferruzin, who lands Girardi as a marquee guest on his Schmoozin' with Ferruzin podcast.
1: Hi, my name is Daniel Ferruzin, and welcome to the first episode of the Schmoozin' with Ferruzin podcast. I went in there thinking to myself, oh, wonderful, I got a big name for the first episode of my podcast. That's all I knew, and I was excited to listen to him and learn.
2: Sharing that interview exclusively with American Greed, Peruzan learns that Girardi's happy to talk shop about his Dodgers win.
1: Not too long ago, sir, I was listening live to your closing in the Bryan Stowcase, and now here I am sitting across from you getting to ask you all these questions. I can't tell you how excited I am.
3: I got all the accolades. Girardi won. Forget about it, baby. (laughs) It was that wonderful, sweet client. That those jurors really liked.
1: He says things like "forget about it, baby," and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my God, I'm in Dick Tracy. What's going on here? Do we, do we still speak like that?" At the time, I found that charming because no one else has ever spoken to me like that.
2: But clients say Gerardi's charm never lasts for long. As a hotshot LA lawyer. Tom Girardi cultivates a big spending, showy reputation.
4: Since the 1980s, he had a mansion in Pasadena and he would entertain politicians, he'd entertain other lawyers and this goes back long before Erica.
2: By the late 90s, when he meets 27-year-old cocktail waitress Erica Chahoy, they're a match made in Hollywood.
7: Tom Girardi and Erica are two peas in a pod. And when they met, it was like a stereotype ran into a cliche.
2: They marry in 2000, and the one-time exotic dancer begins her metamorphosis to Erica Jane, the aspiring singer and celebrity bankrolled by her new husband, 33 years her senior. Author Kathleen Sharp will spend years investigating Tom Girardi.
7: They're very similar, their ambitions and their public personas. She was very clever to pitch her star to him.
2: But at the same time Erica's star is rising, Tom Girardi is about to take another big swing at Pacific Gas and Electric, the company that made him rich and famous. They're behind another devastating disaster. And for Girardi, it's a new opportunity to cash in on tragedy. On a warm September evening in 2010, Joe Ru Gomez is a teenager at home watching a football game with his girlfriend. Suddenly his entire neighborhood explodes.
3: This city reeling from an explosion so powerful, it claimed lives and forever charred the landscape here. The local gas company, Pacific Gas & Electric, says a 30-inch gas line likely ruptured.
2: With burns covering his body, Joe clings to life. Amazingly, this is his second appearance as a victim on American Greed. His first was in season 14, episode 11, Burned by Greed, recounting how he survived the explosion caused by PG&E's negligence.
4: Boom. Fire comes filling up the
7: whole house. It's like a, a huge blowtorch, if you will. I don't know what's going on, but all I know, this is it. I'm, like, melting alive. It's over.
2: Joe's girlfriend, Jessica, perishes, along
0: with seven others in San Bruno. No, oh, baby. Oh. Joe, we don't know if he's going to make it, and he's hooked up to a million tubes and covered and bandages all over. You can't recognize him.
2: Kimberly Archie, a close friend of Joe's mother, knows many lawyers in her work as a youth sports safety advocate. Some of them have high praise for Tom Girardi.
0: All they ever talked about was Tom Girardi. Tom Girardi this, we'll take it to Tom. And when it comes to winning against PG&E,
2: no one has a better reputation.
0: I ran the meeting initially when they met Tom because this was just a horrific, a nightmare for them.
2: But with a home in ashes and facing a mountain of medical debt for Joe, the Blue Gomez family, like so many of Girardi's clients, are vulnerable, as Joe's sister, Jamie, recalls.
9: We thought, wow, like he's an amazing lawyer. He's so well-known. We had no experience in that world. Like we were a middle-class, blue-collar family.
2: The Rue Gomez family signs on with Gerard Acquise and their celebrity LA lawyer fights for them, suing PG&E
7: for negligent procedures. I was in a coma for most of that, and I woke up and they said, this is our lawyer. You know, every time I'd talk to him, he'd whisper me sweet nothings all the time, you know, t- talk a good game. It just seemed logical to trust him.
2: As their case winds through the court, Joe's family friend, Kimberly, starts working closely with Tom as a litigation consultant, giving her an up-close look at Girardi's outrageous spending. He leases not one, but two private jets and drives a rotating fleet of luxury cars. Tom showers Erica with jewels, including the piece de resistance $750,000 diamond earrings. His estimated net worth peaks at $100 million. Yet for all his wealth, Archie notices something
0: doesn't quite add up. I kept thinking, how is he living like a billionaire on millionaire money? I never thought he made that kind of money just on settlements. She might be right. She just
2: doesn't know it yet. Three years into their lawsuit against PG&E, Tom Girardi has exciting news for the Rugomez family. He's won them a multi-million dollar settlement. Most is earmarked for Joe, who's already endured dozens of surgeries and will require extensive medical care for the rest of his life.
7: I didn't have any money at the time. Everything that me and my family owned was up in smoke, literally. But Joe's sister,
2: Jamie, says Girardi isn't explaining the details of their settlement.
9: We didn't see any paperwork. And once my mom started pressing him, he pretty much cut off communication with her. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into.
2: And when Tom tells the family how much money they'll receive instead of comforted, Jamie recalls feeling judged.
9: He made me feel like I was being an ungrateful brat, as if he was expecting me to jump for joy that I got this money, but I lost everything that was important to me.
2: On top of that, Girardi's smarminess makes her suspicious.
9: He called everybody like, oh, baby, and like, stuff like that, and he just tried too hard, and it was phony. He even called my father baby. Like, what are you doing?
2: In California, while the Rugomez Gomez family trusts Tom Girardi to deliver millions in settlement money from the PG&E explosion lawsuit, halfway across the country, the Jones family is counting on him to answer their prayers. In Linden, Kansas, they're represented by Tom's firm as part of a 2012 lawsuit against the Johnson & Johnson drug Risperdal. After taking the drug as a child, Holly and her husband Michael's son, Matthew, who is autistic, develops gynecomastia, male swelling of breast tissue. Insurance won't cover the corrective operation that he needs.
9: It broke my heart to see him going through that and I couldn't make it better right away. When
2: Michael dies from lung cancer in 2016, Holly and her children are left reeling and financially strapped. Holly suffers brain and physical injuries, leaving her disabled. They hope for a miracle settlement for Matt and a little money to repair their home, if there's anything left over.
5: And it's not that we want this money. It's that a lot of us can't afford this stuff. We can't afford Matt's surgery.
2: Though Gerardi Keys advertises that We treat our clients like family. The Joneses say they receive hardly a word of correspondence.
5: We kept getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, and
9: and we needed to help. Something just
5: wasn't right
9: in the way they handled you, the way they treated you.
2: Finally, after seven years, Girardi Keyes notifies Holly that they've negotiated a settlement with Risperdal's manufacturer. It will allow the Joneses to pay for match surgery and fix up their home. The amount is modest, just $12,000. But for the Jones family, it's life-changing. For the Girardis, 12 grand is a night out.
9: Ching, it's expensive to be made.
2: Erica's video,
0: Expensive, lays out her thoughts on money management. Erica was the perfect mate and that she loved to spend money just as much as Tom did, if not more. It was a trophy to him to say like, I paid for her music video.
2: As reality TV royalty, Erica reportedly tallies more than $14 million in American Express charges. But her celebrity seems to pay off for Tom.
1: How has the reality television affected your career? How has it affected the marketing for your office?
3: I would be in a hotel in New Orleans 20 people come running up. Are you Erica's husband?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Erica talks about enlisting a $40,000 a month glam squad and goes on eye-popping spending sprees.
0: Tom and Erica had money to buy whatever they wanted. They didn't necessarily have the most taste. And I think that's really where the spirit of greed comes from. People who just have an empty want. Yet while Tom's living it up with Erica,
2: his clients are just trying to survive.
8: He was brilliant at getting the recovery, getting a payment made by the defendants in these these lawsuits. He just wasn't very good at allocating those funds where they should have been paid.
2: The Bru Gomez family discovers that firsthand. They've asked American Greed to keep the exact amount confidential, but by 2018, they allege that Girardi pays them only a small fraction of their multimillion-dollar settlement, telling Joe he'll eventually get the rest.
7: At first, Girardi's rationale sounds plausible. You're gonna get payments every five years, lump sums every five years, and then you're gonna get an annuity every month. And I'm like, all right, makes sense, I'm young, you know.
2: Neil Wirtlieb is a lawyer and ethics expert in California.
8: The clients, they don't really have the access to the information to figure out what they're entitled to, unless the lawyer does what they're supposed to do, which is to tell them precisely what's been received, account for it basically to the penny, and whatever balance is remaining, all of that is supposed to be allocated to the clients.
2: Instead, his clients allege Girardi evades their pleas to see the actual paperwork from their settlement. They claim that he hedges on showing them his itemized fees, and he's late with payments. It's just
7: another excuse, another excuse. That's when some red flags started popping up. Red flags are just the beginning. Time will go on, and then finally, if you press him enough, he'll finally pay you something. And then eventually, that just stopped.
2: And back in Kansas, the Jones family says that Gerardi Keys plans to keep most of their tiny $12,500 settlement.
9: They were going to take 40% and they were also going to take $3,500 for postage and copies and filing fees. I know they did not spend that
2: much. Holly claims she doesn't get an itemized bill and pushes back.
5: Eventually, they settled for $6,000. Well, they said, okay, we'll pay you in a month. Month goes by, nothing happens. We kept calling them and calling them and calling them, and they would not respond to us.
2: By 2018, Chicago consumer law attorney Jay Edelson has a chance to collaborate as a co-counsel with the man who has helped inspire his career, Tom Girardi. But Edelson is about to find new truth in an old saying. Never meet
6: your heroes, they'll only disappoint. He operated like a mob boss. You know, what you see in The Sopranos, where they're at the restaurant all day, and if you want a meeting with them, you've got to come to the restaurant. It wasn't like any other attorney I'd ever met in my life.
2: And talking about the opioid case they might work on, in Jay Edelson's opinion,
6: Tom is shockingly charmless. Within 30 seconds, you realize he's a horrible person. And it was clear he was full of It was just clear from the very beginning. He didn't know anything about the case. He had no strategy other than just to wield his influence. It was not a good mix.
2: But against his better judgment, Edelson will give Girardi a second chance.
3: Now to that growing air disaster mystery, a Boeing passenger plane, the company's most recent design, suddenly plunging into the sea, likely killing all 189 people on board. And the question is, what caused a brand new plane to go down in clear skies?
2: When a Boeing 737 Max, owned by Lion Air, crashes in Indonesia, Girardi Keese swoops in to represent a dozen grieving family members, most of them widows and orphans in a lawsuit against Chicago-based
6: Boeing and others. A few months later, we got a call from Tom Girardi's firm saying, we're going to file the case in Chicago and we'd like you to help out.
2: When Edelson confirms that Girardi won't be directly involved with the legwork, he signs on. Both firms agree to a 50-50 fee split. And in February of 2020, Girardi and Edelson celebrate a multi-million dollar settlement for their clients. Girardi Keese is responsible for promptly paying the families and cutting co-counts of their share. But as a federal judge will later find, by that September, Edelson's firm hasn't seen a
6: dime. We were calling every week, trying to get more information, and we kept getting stalled.
2: The Ru Gomez family knows the feeling. After years of runaround, they've started sleuthing into Girardi's past and discovered a laundry list of complaints against him they find online. They tell their friend, Kimberly Archie, what they found. As a host of civil lawsuits will later allege, Tom Girardi seems to have been regularly transferring client settlements into his own bank accounts to sustain his obscene spending.
6: When money comes in as client money, you have to put in a separate account. It is sacrosanct.
2: Client funds are supposed to be kept in a trust account that's registered and regulated by the California State Bar. Lawyers are also bound to follow specific payment procedures.
1: Let's say it's $100,000 in the trust account, and I have a 40% contingency fee on that. So if I get my client $100,000, I will take the $40,000, Move it out of the trust account, put it in my operating account before I ever touch a penny or a nickel of that money. Why? While it's in your trust account, it's not your money. That
8: belongs to your
1: clients.
2: Bankruptcy trustees will later claim, not if you're
8: Tom Girardi. He took the funds for his own use, his own personal expenses, for gifts to his wife, whatever it might have been.
2: It's called commingling client funds.
8: The amount of money that was involved here became very attractive. Perhaps he saw those funds and thought, I've earned it, I deserve it, I want it. Co-mingling funds
1: is the fast track to getting disbarred, or it was supposed to be the fast track of getting disbarred.
2: Instead, the California State Bar
4: inducts Girardi into the Trial Lawyer Hall of Fame. On the surface, this is about a celebrity couple, but What it's really about, it's about a lot of people who have been victimized once, twice, three times.
2: The Rue Gomez family knows that feeling as well.
9: It really is a slap in the face because we'll just sit there watching TV and be like, oh, that's what our money's being spent on. Oh, that's what all the other victims' money is being spent on. Oh, that's what you're doing with it.
2: Joe Rue Gomez copes with constant
0: daily pain. But Girardi seems untouchable. Nobody's looking at any of this stuff. How could he have done it? Nobody knew.
6: Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do.
2: In 2019, Tom Girardi is regarded as one of the most successful litigators in America. Author Kathleen Sharp has known better since the 1990s. Tom was an operator way back when. Way back in 2000, she writes a searing expose on the Erin Brockovich case. Victims from that early PG&E case accused Tom of the same lying and embezzlement racket that he's been accused of repeating with scores of
7: complaining clients after them. Here were these poor people who had suffered for years and years, and they trusted Girardi to make them, if not whole again, then at least to get some money so they could take care of their medical problems. And that never really happened.
2: But there's more.
7: What I found was sort of a gold mine, which is the arbitration system.
2: Voluntary arbitration allows Girardi to steer some of his famous cases, including the Aaron Brockovich case, into negotiation. Instead of a full-blown trial before a jury, private retired judges administer those cases.
7: They were earning hundreds of millions of dollars, paying judges two or three times what they had earned in the public sector.
2: Perhaps surprisingly, this is perfectly legal.
7: It wasn't just arbitration, it was him making friends with some of these private judges. But Tom took it a little bit farther.
2: Girardi wines and dines judges in LA. He flies them to baseball games in his Gulfstream jet, and even charters Mediterranean cruises that his judge pals later called educational seminars.
7: There would be butlered waiters with silver trays full of champagne or bikini-clad ladies frolicking on the sun-drenched decks. It gave decadence a bad name.
2: With arbitration, results are veiled in secrecy. So Girardi's payouts escape scrutiny. And in this good old boy culture, Girardi's official record with the California bar remains spotless which is remarkable because zooming ahead to 2022, the bar will disclose a jaw dropping number of complaints and lawsuits, more than
7: 200,
2: dating all the way back to the early 1980s.
7: They taught me a thing or two about not only uh, how to fleece your clients, but how to get away with it.
2: Girardi quietly settles some of the cases in a Ponzi-like way, paying off old debts with new money. Other times, court findings show he simply runs out the statute of limitations.
4: And Girardi thumbs his nose at a mandate from the California Bar. There were 37 cases where he was required to report himself. The Bar trusted him to report his own misconduct
6: and he just didn't. Basically, if you're unlucky enough to have touched Tom Girardi, he probably had your wallet.
2: But by 2019, the Ru Gomez family has had enough of Tom Girardi. They not only fire him,
0: they sue him. The day that Kathy's family sued Tom was the beginning of the end. That unraveled everything. The judge issues
2: Erica Jane Girardi two subpoenas, asking for shared financial records.
0: That's what led to Erica being served and finding out that really Tom has no money. Though
2: Erica has publicly blamed Tom's alleged cheating as her reason for divorcing him,
6: Jay Edelson doesn't buy it. It didn't make sense until Erica filed for divorce. Then we said, that's what's been happening the whole time. The old man went through all the money.
10: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery,
2: lawsuit against Tom Girardi, brought by his former clients, the Rugomez family, has
6: ruptured his reputation, and now all hell is breaking loose. When they brought their suit and started having success, the lenders started cutting him off. He was relying on on a lot of outside money to keep it going, and that stopped that.
2: Girardi is dangerously deep in debt, baby, as he reveals in a video deposition for the Rugomez case.
3: At one point, I had about 80 million or 50 million in cash. That's all gone. I also had a stock portfolio of about 50 million, and that's all gone.
2: In Chicago, Jay Edelson is deeply worried about his clients and is horrified to discover that they've received barely
6: half of their settlement money. And we now know the clients were saying to them, we're screaming, where's our money?
2: On December 2nd, 2020, Jay Edelson files a 30-page, five-count civil complaint against Tom, Erica, and
6: other Gerardi Keys associates. In my view, it is a crime family. That's what it is. That is how they operated.
2: Just two weeks later, on December 14th, Judge Thomas Durkin calls Girardi's behavior unconscionable and demands $2 million to be paid to the Lion Air
6: families. But Tom Girardi is broke. The court issued the judgment. They froze his assets. A criminal investigation started. He then was forced into bankruptcy. And at that point, he was known to be a crook. His whole reputation ended like that overnight.
2: Over the next two years, new civil lawsuits filed by Jay Edelson pour in, alleging Tom embezzled funds and Erica helped him hide more than $20 million in assets through loans to her company EJ Global.
6: We sued under a federal statute, RICO, which is the statute that you use to go after the mob. We know that, that she knew that the money had run out at a time when she was pretending otherwise. That's why we've claimed she's the fr- she was the front woman of the enterprise.
2: In a statement to American Greed, Erica's attorney vocally denies all the lawsuit's claims against her, writing that they are disappointed with the focus on Erica, which has been used as a distraction tactic she had no knowledge of and did not participate in any misconduct. And she turned over her earnings to her husband and his law firm. But Erica doesn't turn over those infamous $750,000 earrings from Tom until a court order demands she submit them for auction.
5: Oh, my God, $750,000. I'm angry. I'm upset. Here you are flashing all this stuff off, and that shouldn't be your stuff. All of that should be gone. All of that should be money towards the people who need it.
2: Auctioneers sell them for 312 grand. After months in foreclosure, Tom's opulent Pasadena mansion sells for $8 million. The expensive treasures left inside fetch less than a half a million. While the Girardi's divorce languishes in limbo, Tom lives in a memory care facility, reportedly due to advancing Alzheimer's disease. 18 months after suspending Girardi's law license due to his suspected cognitive decline, the California State Bar permanently disbars him, later writing that Girardi caused irreparable harm to hundreds of his clients.
1: Tom does not represent all lawyers the vast majority of lawyers I know get up in the morning and do good work on behalf of their clients.
2: Tom Girardi's attorney responded to American Greed with no comment. And though at least one court has found no evidence that Erica participated in any wrongdoing, in a suit brought by Girardi's former colleagues, she and Tom still face a slew
4: of civil cases, including Edelson's. Whatever role she may have played in this, pales in comparison to the roles played by numerous people whose names we don't know.
7: Tom would never have gotten as far as he did without all of these other people and enablers, the other attorneys, the partners.
6: Every time you pull a thread, it kind of goes in 15 different directions. That's the difficulty in this case, that it really was a sprawling criminal conspiracy for decades.
2: Girardi's estimated debt is at least $100 million, with another $700 million in lawsuit claims against him. The Jones family has launched a GoFundMe campaign, and Holly wonders what justice might look like for the Girardis.
9: This may sound harsh, but I want them to live like we have to live. And I want justice for all the clients who have been stolen from.
2: Jamie Rugomez, Gomez, whose family is still fighting to secure the rest of Joe's settlement, has another thought.
9: I don't care how old he is. No one should be above the law. He should be in prison. That's where I want him.
2: And that could be a possibility. In November 2022, federal agents in Baltimore arrest Tom Girardi's former CFO, Chris Kamen, on criminal charges for wire fraud. Though they declined to comment, FBI and IRS agents are reportedly pursuing investigations against Girardi and his associates.
4: Would it be a happy ending to see an octogenarian in prison after he's already harmed everybody? The happiest ending we could hope for is that people start looking at the system and changing the system to prevent this from happening to other people. There's going to be another Tom Girardi and probably doing it right
0: now. On February 1st, 2023, federal grand juries indict Tom Girardi on 13 counts of wire fraud and four counts of contempt of court. He pleads not guilty. Tom's son-in-law, former Girardi case attorney David Lira, and former CFO Chris Kamen were each charged with eight counts of wire fraud and four counts of contempt of court. Prosecutors announced that investigations of other Girardi associates are ongoing.
2: Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach.
10: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof-of-delivery,